You're watching the Tesla Life live. If we screw up, there's no do-overs. Welcome everyone, <laughs> and thanks for joining us on the Tesla Live number 264. Here we are, July 27th, 2022, and Patrick was absolutely correct. If we screw up, there is no recovery, because it is live. That's right, yeah. Last week I messed up the intro. <laughs> right off the bat, boom. <laughs> Proof we're live. No retakes. Uh, well, introducing Mr. Patrick Connor from the West Coast. No screw up on the intro today. How are you doing That's today, right. sir? Hey, I'm good. It is a hot one out there. And uh, yesterday, 101, which is, I don't know what, 38 something. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's another scorcher today. The um, utility yesterday uh, used the virtual power plant and started pulling electricity from my battery to help the grid out. And then today they're doing something similar where they are pre-cooling homes uh, before the uh, energy rush hour. So uh, in fact, it, it just ended. So uh, they uh, for the last two hours, they've been cranking the AC and now they're gonna move the temperature up a bit so that uh, everyone else is turning theirs on now. My house is already nice and cool. They did it's that for, nice. my, for my uh, Nest system uh, right before the last uh, total eclipse we had. Right. Yes. Um, it, and uh, there's a lot of programmable thermostats that do this and a lot of utilities that uh, sign up for it. The cool thing is every, any month where they do this, I get 25 bucks. And uh, it, it, the nice thing is it's not like, oh, I'm letting them control my thermostat. So I have to sit here and sweat. No, yeah. they, my house is actually probably cooler than it would have been without being on this program. So they're paying me and I get an extra cool house what's not why why isn't everybody in this program yeah, absolutely <laughs> sign me up that sounds like a yeah. great program yeah also joining us as normal mr casey green from the dc area how are you today sir a lot sweatier than patrick is <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad uh, we discovered uh we discovered today that the uh the air conditioner unit on this house is too small um mm. so we'll see what becomes of that uh, but in good news, I got this city train set from Lego from uh, the UK. I don't, I don't know exactly where it came from, but apparently they were sold out all over the US. I don't know if it's discontinued or not. It finally showed up, uh, but my wife pointed out that the box was not just bent as I thought it was, but it had a hole in it. So uh -oh. I get to put that together early. It I hope might not. be a few bricks short of a full load. I'm going to open it up and find <laughs> out. It's somewhere <laughs> in the Atlantic. But uh, it is an EV uh, transit train with remote control. Well, show us the picture of the box. Oh, yeah. Show I didn't it. know they made remote control Lego stuff. I thought that was all uh, Mindstorm. We didn't know either until we went to the Lego uh, um, place in Boston. Look at that. It's it's a tram. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, it's that's a train. Better than, that's already better than LA's transit system. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. So you can use the remote to, uh, or the app. <laughs> Welcome to Derek, Cocky Day, and Anders, who are the early ones in the chat room today. Hello, yeah, hello. everyone. And Derek, or, or the chat. He actually beat Hockey Day. Good morning, good night to Anders, who's uh, is in Europe and is yes. <laughs> ungodly early for 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 him. But uh, hello, everyone. Welcome. Well, we got uh, a bunch of stories to touch upon uh, today. Uh, let's get right at it. 
Um, we've got our first story uh, concerning uh, FSD beta now reaching 35 million miles uh, across the board. So uh, again, uh, we talked about this just a little bit uh, last week with the earnings call uh, summary. But uh, what we've got here is um, uh, some more information uh, flowing out. We did, did hear the 35 million number previously. Uh, but uh, again, uh, this, this extra article that uh, we're posting here just has a little bit more information on it. And uh, this is, uh, I guess what's, what's, what's happening here is this is the ramp. We're experiencing the ramp up of FSD in user hands, which of course is attributing to these extra miles that are going on uh, to the, uh, the, the Tesla network uh, as they're tracking uh, this information. And I just wanted to point out that 35 million is gonna seem really low in probably a few months, uh, definitely half a year away, uh, when Tesla's starting to open this up to everybody. So you're going to have a million miles gonna, a day. Yeah, exactly. It'd be a million. You know, it's going to be a million miles a day. Is is probably going to be a low number, uh, because right now it's it's kind of artificially being capped off by the number of people that Tesla want in certain areas or certain regions uh, between the U.S. and Canada, uh, but. Uh, Elon has mentioned that he's confident about the FSD uh, updates, and he believes that uh, by the end of the year, uh, it's going to be open to everybody, and there's no artificial ceiling based on the type of driver you are. The The app is not going to stop people uh, from getting it. So uh, how much... like that's That's a pretty big statement. Like, how mm -hmm. much this is going to actually allow people on this um we really don't know the numbers because of course we don't know what the uptake is on fsd across the board we don't know what the percentage is so this uh this certainly but but they have been artificially capping it off at what 97 percent, 96 percent is the is about the lowest that they've been letting people on with the uh, safety score so mm -hmm. uh if you take that all away you're going to have a whole lot of people that are trying it out uh, initially. I, I wonder, I wonder because I, Patrick, uh, you certainly know Casey, you know, you've got to pay complete attention to mm -hmm. FSD beta. In fact, yeah. I would argue that you're paying almost more attention than if you were driving yourself yeah, because you're not second guessing yourself when you're driving, you know, what actions you're performing and what order you're performing them. But when it comes to FSD, you guys are you guys are trying to double think the computer, what it's doing. You're watching so, a team uh, driver. It's very I'm confident. Just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just really concerned that uh, as they open this up widely and drop the safety score completely, like are these um, that's, are that's these not, newbies that's... going to be following the same rules that you two are? They they probably won't. Uh, okay, Dave, that's not correct. My Model X does not have a Tesla accessible in cab camera. Uh, there is one there, but. It's mine. <laughs> um, you mentioned about how the the, uh, the, the rate has been going and, and how they've kind of leveled it. And I got irrationally irritated with a TechCrunch reporter uh, because they drew the conclusion that because it's 100,000, this 
reporting quarter. It was 100,000 last reporting quarter. That, that meant nobody wanted to buy it. And I was like, no, you numbskull. <laughs> it means nobody else is allowed in. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, that's, I mean that's your, not your one job is as a reporter. Not yeah. <laughs> In fact, if he was right, then the number should have gone down because there are people who got kicked out and people who quit. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But but that's that's where we're going here, and that that is going to open up probably in the next quarter or two quarters away. Um, it's it's going to start to to open up. So uh, yeah. I think that thirty-five million miles is going to be a low bar uh, shortly. It's, it's yeah. right. so so then the limiting factor becomes Tesla's ability to ingest the data, uh, not the because uh, uh, there'll be tons of data. It's just uh, okay now. Which ones are the right clips to put into the training set? Which ones really are problems versus this is the same straight road we've you know got millions and millions of miles of we don't need. So uh, they they uh, they're going to need smart auto labeling and ways to detect problems. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm actually right now pulling up the, the list of how much data this car has used this month. And remember, I work from home now, and so it's not um, as much as it has been in the past. So let me see. Uh, statistics by month, and then the Model X is the third most traffic in my house behind my, my, uh, my NAS server and my MacBook. <laughs> wow. Um, so the Model X used in the last uh, 30 days rolling 262 gigabytes. Um, at, at the time of last show, it was actually over 500 uh, gigabytes. Uh, but uh, so I yeah, guess... even if they're sending a 15 second clip, well, there's eight cameras around, right? So mm-hmm. and then there's telemetry data and other stuff that has to go with that as well. So even just sending one little report to them is sending them a lot of data. Yeah. Exactly. And and then, uh, as you said, the, once it gets to be too much, hopefully by then they'll have uh, Dojo, or at least Dojo. parts of Dojo, turned online. Yes. Because right now they're doing all this with the NVIDIA cluster, which is impressive. But it's, it takes them two weeks. So so two uh, weeks. while... <laughs> two weeks, yes. So while it's processing, <laughs> uh, they're doing any of the uh, the changes they would make like programmatically to, to uh, FSD. And then by, by the time they finish their programming uh, sprint, uh, then the computer coughs up another chunk of, uh, of, of train data, training data, and they, they put the two together, they test it with employee cars, and then assuming it's not hot garbage, they start rolling it out slowly to all the testers. Right. Yeah. If every iteration is a fraction of a percent better, the faster you can iterate, the faster you get to really good. And the fact that this current system takes them two weeks, if Dojo can do it in half the time, you know, that, that cuts down until the, the time it takes before the steering wheel can be removed. Right. I mean, even if it still takes the programmers, the actual humans, two weeks for each sprint, uh, that means that uh, if, if Dojo can do it in a week or half a week, that, that would mean twice or eight times that they could uh, refresh the, the abilities using the exact same logic, but with new uh, scenarios that the car has seen. So it'll still get better without them even touching a button, which right. is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, I would like to to uh, welcome uh, David and JT to the uh, live stream. They're in the chat as well. Hello, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. One, uh, our, our feature story of the week, and uh, thanks to Casey for pointing this out, but uh, we uh, just got the video in today. I'm Patrick, sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. We got this. I can see why uh, you get us confused. We look ex- <laughs> we're almost twinsies. <laughs> There's upper and lower Casey, apparently. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what we've got is um, uh, Sandy Monroe from Monroe Live uh, posted a new video just today, and uh, they got into further into the battery pack, uh, the 4680 uh, that they've got from the Model Y that was produced at Giga Texas. And what was cool about this is uh, they were able to eat into the pink stuff enough uh, that they actually exposed the 4680 cans. So, uh, yeah, here's a picture uh, of that. And um, they get this, they actually used a, um, a dry ice uh, sandblasting technique yes. uh, to eat away uh, the uh, pink stuff, this, this foam uh, insulation of sorts that engulfs the complete pack down the sides, across the top. We're speculating on the bottom as well. Uh, but uh, they're, they're still not as far in as they'd like to be. Uh, previous versions of the Tesla pack, they've been far into it where they've been able to take a module out and remove a number of cells and, and look at the, uh, the upper and lower uh, cooling chambers. All that hasn't been done yet. Uh, these guys have been working on this now for, I believe, over a week. And they've just gotten to the pack where they were able to peel the lid off and now... Uh, they've been able to remove this uh, this pink uh, stuff from the side of the pack and expose some of the the uh, 4680s cans. But uh, it is interesting. Um, we know certainly from the effort that's had to go into this this uh, particular build or this particular teardown, we know for a fact that if you have a problem with a module or a cell in this pack, it's a replacement job for the entire pack. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way that anyone is going into this to take out, you know, four cans and replace them or, or a whole module pack, which consists of 204 batteries apparently uh, in one of the four modules. So that is, that is the case, but, but that's, that may be a good thing too, because that is the reliability of the packs that are being built that they have confidence in the fact that we can encase them uh, so that they'll never have to come undone and uh, we won't have to replace them. Uh, there's not going to be an issue because we are that confident in the chemistry and the makeup of these packs going forward that they're willing to make it an unserviceable pack. It just has to be replaced if there is an issue. So that's kind of interesting uh, outlook as well. Not the other thing I wanted pack, to... But, but also... Uh, almost a full day of labor to take the thing out and put it back in. So, like, they, they don't want to tie up their technicians that amount of time. So that, sh that again, shows confidence. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. And then the other thing I wanted to mention, and, and we've, gotten re we've gotten responses like this through our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life from certain people. When, they, uh, when they're, I guess they're speculating that, uh, well, if it's that hard uh, to take the pack apart, how are they ever going to be able to recycle it? And, and what they don't understand is that when it comes to recycling on an industrial scale, what happens is that pack is basically put into a grinder and completely chopped up into fine bits of materials. And then those bits are put into a tank where they're floated and you can get different levels based on whether it's aluminum or steel or lithium or whatever they can break them all down in the process of industrial recycling and be able to pull and extract those raw materials into their own separate uh, bins uh, where they can then just be rolled back into the manufacturer 
uh, of, uh, of new batteries again. So uh, that's, that's not a concern when it comes to industrial recycling. If you're thinking of recycling when you watch like uh, Rich Rebuilds, when he's ripping apart a single pack, uh, that is not what's happening uh, when it comes to uh, industrial recycling. The entire pack is ground up and then separated uh, based on uh, the different processes they have in place to do that. Another concern there is that everything that you're looking for in a battery pack, all the expensive stuff is elemental. So <laughs> it doesn't matter that you've uh, ground it up. It's it's it's. Uh, it's still just as good as it was. We're talking gold on the on the PCBs. We're talking copper and aluminum inside the cells and the wiring. We're talking uh, cobalt, lithium, uh, nickel. They're all just elements. They're not molecule, or they are molecules, but they're not like <laughs> compounds or anything. They, they like literally, uh, as Sandy described, you can use several different processes to to, to extract them out. Uh, at a high purity level, it's uh, and Elon's described this before. He's like he says that you're mining the packs. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is not, it's yeah. not a yeah. Uh, the the one one thing you want to do though is uh, Redwood does this is they 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 drop the packs down into liquid nitrogen, freeze them out before they grind on them. That way, um, that way you don't have to discharge the pack either. You just drop it in the grinder hole, and you don't have to worry about it catching on fire like you would if you ground it up at room temperature. Right, right, because the uh, the cold blocks the chemical reaction uh, from right. happening, right? Whether they're charged or not, yeah. Right, and but of course are... uh, that that's probably the best way to do it because of course redwood and other recyclers are probably going to get a ton of different packs at different stages of charge, uh, right. different uh, different types of packs, uh, and of course uh, they're not going to have the capability of maybe separating them into separate grind ups. Uh, they're you know they're wanting speed and efficiency and right. uh, being able to freeze the whole thing and grind it all up and then extract the metal separately is the best way to go for speed of automation. Right, because if you had to have the equipment to properly discharge the Tesla pack and then, you know, which Tesla mm -hmm. are we talking about, uh, and then a Ford, and then, again, which Ford, and then a bus. Oh, wait, there's eight buses. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too much time, effort, uh, and, and everything. Like, like you said, if you just freeze it, chuck it in the grinder, they only have one process to worry about. Yeah, I just yeah. looked up the uh, temperature. Liquid nitrogen uh, is negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 196 Celsius. That's cold. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Closer to a Kelvin scale than Celsius. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, kind of interesting. We have put the link uh, to the most recent video. I think it's under 20 minutes. So if you want to take a look, please do. Uh, there will be another probably one or two uh, before they get this pack completely taken apart. But it, it is minutes, interesting to see the differences between this pack in the Model Y and a 2170 pack in the Model Y. So it's been it's been interesting to watch. If you want one of those cells, go to Monroe Live now and, and place your order because for just several hundred dollars, you can have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they'll even put it in a plastic case for you so right. it won't explode in your bookshelf. <laughs> and they may or may not be able to ship it internationally. They're still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> What's a quick flight to Detroit, though? Come on. That's too cool for a supercharger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> cooled, liquid-cooled cables. Not that cold. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Casey's got a story about connectivity and what yes. have we lost, Casey? All right, so you may have seen me make a video back when uh, Tesla killed the premium connectivity for life uh, on the car, 
about how you could uh, keep your premium connectivity for life. Well, recycle that same video and use it for standard connectivity for life. <laughs> because now, after the after eight years, um, after the vehicle has been sold, beginning for vehicles ordered after J July 20th of 2022, um, standard connectivity is, is now only an eight-year um, plan on the vehicle. Uh, after that, you'll have to pay for it. If, if you keep a car so, that long. What does standard connectivity give you? So standard connectivity gives you navigation. Okay. When you're on the road. You can still right. hook your phone up to it. So um, does that mean it's not going to direct you to superchargers and stuff Correct. if you're on? Oh, wow. That is a problem. Um, it could be. But you can use your phone as a hotspot? Yeah, is you can use your phone trick? as a hotspot. Um, so what you do is you, um, you, you turn on your hotspot, then you shift into drive or reverse. Turn it on, uh, on, 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 and turn on the Wi-Fi back in the car, and connect back to your hotspot, and it'll, uh, it'll stay until you put it in park again. Huh? That so you have to redo weird. that process every time you park it. Oh yeah, Elon wants to know the crap out of you, so you buy his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, like with me and Patrick with our, uh, our Model X. Uh, the, the app says, "Oh, we can't roll your windows back up." I downloaded a third-party app, pushed a button, all my windows went all the way up, not just from the crack. I'm like. Right, lion, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I knew they were. I knew they were doing this when uh, when I when a technician popped in my car and rolled all the windows up from the laptop. I'm like, well, what is stopping you from doing that remotely? Apparently, right, hundred thousand uh, dollars. Just that the <laughs> API is different and they're lazy, or is it malicious? Um, I think it's just the same as as why uh, legacy cars don't get the blind spot turn signals yet, or the uh, remote sentry uh, view is uh, they thought that it would be enough to get us to upgrade cars, and they could also argue that oh well, it took extra extra man hours of programming and testing, and we didn't have it because we don't we can't afford telephones for service. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that they can't support vehicles forever with new features. That that makes right. sense, but. Uh, so when, it, when it's already there, like they, they, their whole argument with the with the Model Three is the only difference between your your car's uh, computer and a Model 3's computer is there's a liquid cooled and all attached to the, to to one module. Well, prove it. Like, why is it so hard to give me a remote uh, remote sentry view and and, and turn signal? Uh, you don't know where to put it. Just just arbitrarily put it up there. It doesn't matter where. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I was complaining last week that I got a software update and it took away a bunch of the charging data. And I was like, oh, well, that's fine if I get waypoints. No, I didn't get that either. So <laughs> that was not an upgrade. Right, <laughs> that was an upgrade. <laughs> it should show that on the screen. You know, it should say, uh, you know, operate downgrade. And you can just avoid that one. You know, it's right. Yes, yes. they'll skip. <laughs> uh, Hockey Day asks if the cars are G5 capable. So um, the my Model X uh, and all these guys' Model 3s, uh, came with uh, LTE. Your, did your X come with LTE? Did you have to upgrade yes. it? Okay. So all of our cars have LTE, uh, which is 5G. Um, but if yeah. you had a well, car, LTE equipped... is 4G. 4G? Mm, four and a half G. Depending on your on your on your carrier, what they want to market it as. Um, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's really it's 4G. Yeah. Even if they call it 5G, it's really 4G. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the new Teslas rolling off the factory today, though, a lot of them do actually have a 5G, real 5G modem in them. Uh, they still just say LTE on them. So what happened uh, before that was they had 3G. And uh, and when that ran out, uh, Tesla gave you the option to upgrade your modem. Uh, they gave you the option before uh, as well when they, when they had it, when they were still retrofit friendly. And you could pay to upgrade your modem. And then when uh, 3G was canceled throughout the U.S., they reduced the price and still let you pay to upgrade uh, 
to get your your modem. Or if you've got a new MCU, uh, they would just include the the new modem with it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 don't take away many options. They they usually just don't give you new stuff, even if there's no uh, nothing stopping the car from doing it. Like in the case of uh, Green, the only found that my car not only can do the the blind spot and remote sentry, but they've actually finally started to put some of the stuff in for it to actually not say, hey, your car's too old to buy a new one. Uh, and then, in my case, where I found with that third-party app where there's nothing stopping me from rolling the windows back up. Yeah. Okay, on to the next story. And this oh, one's... Uh... Um, sorry, uh, we don't know how much it's going to cost because um, uh, we're talking eight years from uh, seven days ago. So <laughs> they'll yeah, figure it out by then. what the price will be uh, of that. Uh but that's uh, that is I don't know I'm two minds of the whole thing like it I get it I but I don't like it <laughs> yeah like I, I understand that nothing's free but yet it was free up until you know last week um, right. is that because the volume of cars that are being sold is that much more monstrous they're but selling at the same the cars time they for get, higher get... profit. Like right. I, I don't think that that's changing. So uh, and they get so much useful data, even from a customer that doesn't pay for FST. That like all that is still turned on. But if they turn right. off the modem, just like GM does when you lose your OnStar because you didn't pay for it, once they turn that off, it's a it's a it's, it's a dud rolling down the the road. They have nothing into it. So they can still get the data whenever you go to a supercharger or service or Wi-Fi center or yeah. home Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they can still get what they need just because you don't have it on the road. Yeah. Yeah, but that well, but what if, if, if the supercharger if the supercharger mapping is going to be gone, mm. that's problematic for the ownership of the vehicle. Yes, unless you can do a better route planner on your phone, and then they get some kind of a CarPlay, whatever, where you right. can just project it. Or you got to do all your mapping right before you leave home. All right, I'm going here. <laughs> Print out a piece of paper, go uh, right. like you did from MapQuest in 1994, no. and <laughs> just do it on the MCU and don't make any wrong turns whatsoever. <laughs> but the problem is sometimes FSD will make a wrong turn. Well, I guess you wouldn't. Would you buy FSD if you don't want to buy connectivity? That's funny. So, what premium connectivity is ten bucks a month? Is that nine ninety nine? Or um, they finally have the yearly plan where you can save um, two months if you buy it all at once. So, hundred bucks a year. Yeah. So, so. Hopefully this is half or less would be my assumption. Hopefully hopefully way less. Like make it two dollars a month. I mean Yeah. It's just a map. I yeah. mean f- phones right now have free maps for life, so who does um Tesla pay f- um for this? Is it AT and T or Sprint or uh in the US it's AT and T, uh and in other countries it, it varies. Mm-hmm. And then for the maps, they, they show us Google Maps, but they use uh, a combo map. Uh, their own routing, Tesla Nav, as well as uh, they used to use TomTom, but uh, they they have a whole uh, amalgamation of them that they use now, but not TomTom. I just I wonder how much their AT and T bill is every month, <laughs> and that the number of cars is going to keep increasing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, billions. Yes. Yeah. But especially for people like me that are like I'm skiptastic on the uh, on the radio. <laughs> They're monitoring that, Casey. So oh, they are. I've noticed. Yeah. I've noticed they'll degrade my sound sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Lower your bandwidth because you're wasting exactly. It. <laughs> well, stop making such Speaking crappy choices bandwidth, on, that's, on the turns. That's a good segue. Bandwidth. Uh, our yeah. next story is about Tesla exceeding 1,46.80 packs per week by the end of 2022. So, um, 
this is a this is a story again about the 4680, which of course I and we have said this many times. This is the future of Tesla. This is mm -hmm. how they're going to be able to make uh, the semi. This is going to how the Cybertruck is going to be born. It's all through this 4680 pack. And of course, the the issue that we've seen to this point uh, when it comes to Texas was that uh, it was slow off the start because I believe they couldn't get enough 4680s because their process wasn't completely locked down yet. They were still experimenting. They were still making some modifications. They were still experiencing some hiccups here and there that they were, you know, uh, fixing. And uh, this is some better news uh, that uh, the pack uh, scale up is uh, starting to get better. Uh, and of course, we know that once we get into next year, the 4680 is going to be in huge demand for the Cybertruck. And it will not be able to leave the plant unless they're fully spun up with the production of these packs. So this is going to be critical going forward. And I'm at least happy that we're seeing some improvement uh, of the uh, production here. Previously, uh, well, even today, Cato Road is the one that's been leading the way with the experimental initially, now the production version, and uh, now they're starting to install the machinery at Gigafactory Texas uh, following uh, Cato's lead and Cato's production equipment uh, so they can start producing them right on site. Uh, I, I, I most likely believe that Cato Road will run for some foreseeable future as well, producing uh, the same 4680s just to add to the inventories uh, that are going to be required. But um, they're saying that the, the Texas is going to eventually spool up and certainly surpass Cato Road by magnitude uh, because they need that many batteries uh, flowing out um, to get some of these new projects off and running. I can't imagine the number, well, I can't imagine, but it, it's a lot of batteries that we've put in the semi. They're not gonna be producing as many semis as they say 1.4 you know, million Cybertrucks, but uh, certainly uh, it's going to add to the inventory woes if they don't have something fully spun up. So this story is just kind of indicating that they're getting better with the 4680s and the packs are starting to flow, which is great news uh, because we know it's going to be intense uh, as of the start of 2023. And that's exactly what Elon said on the uh, on the conference call. He said uh, they don't need any 4680s to complete their their plans for this year, but they cannot complete their plans for next year without 4680s. Right. And most yeah. of this article comes directly out of that, so we, oh, we okay. did touch on it after <laughs> the uh, yeah. So good news there. Um, other good news, uh, on the other side of the ocean, uh, Berlin uh, has started uh, with some new colors. So we knew that uh, that uh, Giga Berlin was going to have this brand new, fancy, top-of-the-line paint, uh, what, line, painting line. And they have uh, started to produce some of the new colors. And in this case, uh, it was spotted was the mercury silver metallic and, of course, the deep crimson multi-coat that uh, we've seen on Elon's Model S when it was parked at SpaceX. We were speculating that was the color because it was a, a darker, darker red, a blood color type red uh, that was on that vehicle as well. So there has been some uh, photos from the drone army over in Germany 
And uh, these uh, vehicles were caught uh, outside of the factory. So no official word from Tesla at this point, but uh, they uh, uh, certainly were caught. So there's some testing going on uh, with the new colors. Haven't seen anything on the website. Not sure if they're just going to flip a switch and maybe the deep crimson red is going to replace the current red. Not even sure about that. Uh, but certainly the silver is going to be a new color because Tesla canceled silver quite some time ago. So uh, this will be a, an addition uh, that the people that want silver, at least uh, the new color will be there. So What's uh, old is new again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Speaking of recycling. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's kind of that's kind of cool too, because like uh, here in Ontario, when you spot a silver Model Three, you know that that was part of the original batch. You know that was mm -hmm. really that was that was 2018, probably one of the first 10,000 vehicles sold uh, that came into Ontario. So uh, they're certainly uh, they're certainly rare at this point, but uh, silver uh, back in the uh, the throw will be good to see again because I think it's a good color. It's a, it's a nice color. Um, and certainly Tesla does need a splash of different colors. It, at this point, it's been pretty well the same colors over and over and over again. And um, we'd like to see some new colors. Uh, I understand that it is a problem with inventory and you have to service these things. You have to keep colors uh, available for people to buy for touch up or actually, uh, you know, a body shop that has to uh, spray a new panel or two. But uh, yeah, we'd like to see some new colors uh, appear here and there. Uh, even though I have to say, t in today's world, the wrap uh, is something that can add to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. it's, well, plus, uh, plus with the body shop, you can you can they they mix their own paints on site. Uh, touch up paint, you could probably kind of have some sort of to order because that's actually what happened with my first I keep buying all these colors they cancel uh, my first one was, <laughs> was the titanium uh, silver metallic which was that champagne color and uh, Tesla didn't actually have the uh, the right color on, on hand when it was time for my uh, touch up and, and I, then they, they had to order it and it came in eventually uh, they, they gave me something and it wasn't it was not the right match and um, then for my current car is the obsidian black metallic uh, it, it looks like regular free black, but if you park it next to free black in the direct sunlight, you can see that mine sparkles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but also, same thing with the touch-up paint. I had to wait a couple weeks to get my touch-up paint. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see once uh, Berlin starts to put it out. I'm excited to see some of these colors under showroom lights uh, to see what they look like uh, under direct sunlight. Uh, the pictures that uh, obviously taken by the drones are not all that fantastic. So oh, under yes, showroom Casey. lights, under showroom lights, free black and obsidian black look the same. <laughs> so oh. you literally have to take them out in the sun to see the difference. <laughs> oh, that's weird. It yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's why showroom I lights are usually bright enough to show off the depths and sparkles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, or at least it wasn't on those little Next. samples. Remember they had the samples in the showroom? <laughs> yeah. Next uh, story, we were talking uh, previously about, of course, Hertz in the United States buying 100,000 Model 3s. Well, uh, budget rental car here in Canada has started to uh, provide the Model 3 at some locations. But, of course, there was no announcement about the 100,000 cars that that budget bought because, of course, there was no, they didn't. <laughs> there's no such thing. They probably got 12. 
but uh, they've at least started to uh, provide it. This is good that that rental car companies are starting to see the demand is there. Others are starting to realize that Hertz was early on this. They've jumped out in front and received a lot of free publicity about uh, renting EVs and, of course, renting the, mm -hmm. the top tier of EVs when it comes to the Model 3 and Model Y. So uh, that's that's good. It started to wake up some of these other uh, rental car companies, and hopefully uh, more will come to the table because uh, there's nothing worse than having an EV in for service uh, with somebody and realizing that you cannot get an EV from your rental company uh, as you wait for your EV to be fixed. So. Yep. Oh, after my Model S was rammed repeatedly by the uh, semi-truck, uh, they put me in a brand-new 2018 BMW convertible, but it was a gasser. So mm. I switched back. I, I drove it home, parked it in the driveway, and switched back to the uh, the Volt, except for the very last day when I had to bring back the, the uh, BMW. Then I um, drove it back with the top down because, you know, it was convertible. Might as well see what all yeah. the fuss was about. Yeah. Enjoy it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In South Carolina, the sun's beaming down on you. It's terrible. Uh, and then I convinced them that because I don't ever pay for fuel, because I had supercharging for life on that car and I had solar, uh, that they should pay for the gas I had to buy for that uh, that day and a half to, to refill. And they did. They hated it. They did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, you got to buy electricity. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even if you did, it'd be a tenth the price. I mean, that's exactly right. <laughs> a tenth, yeah, a Maybe not a tenth, but sure. yeah, a lot cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's funny how uh, you only realize how horrible gas is when you're forced to drive again. Uh, it, I, I did. Uh, I traveled and we had a rental car, and I'm just like, oh god, <laughs> I have to turn this off manually. What? Why? Is, what's all this rattling? Why oh, is the door closing? <laughs> yeah, that is amazing, though, isn't it? Like, like we are so spoiled now that uh, uh -huh. we've got we've got you know the best cars on the road. Uh, it's a joy to drive every day, and if you're forced to rent another vehicle that's a gas vehicle, it's like you do nothing but complain. Uh, whether it's I did, I did or too. I was out or both. I was but, complaining uh, for the whole week, and everybody's yeah, like, like, "Why are you like a brand new BMW?" I'm like, "Because it sucks." It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it really is. It's, yeah. uh, but that's absolutely true. And and I don't know how many times I've driven one, and I was like, "Man, this thing takes so long to spool up every time I press on the." The accelerator pedal, like what? What's it doing? Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'm trying to we think of spoiled, another thing that's it. like that. Another analogy, or um, like when you go from um, dial-up to to broadband, you're mm -hmm. never going to go back. Uh, induction to the, gas. Oh yeah, not the, not uh, the red eye, TikToks? but induction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of little things like that where um, once you go over that press SSD and you're never going to go back. Say it again. On SSDs and spinners on the computer. Oh right, yes. Hard drive performance for the uh, yeah the the new tech. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, Patrick. Definitely. Next, or any of the Casey's new computers on Tesla. <laughs> Casey's got a story about Shanghai. What's it's going on at the China. other gigafactory? Since we've touched on every one almost today. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you might remember last week where I told Derek that he was uh, he was really close with his two point. One two point two million prediction. Well, uh, Giga Shanghai is halfway to increasing their uh, production capacity to one point two million cars per year today. Wow! So, so, uh, <laughs> so they're like at six hundred thousand now uh, yes. run rate for the year as they're spooling up. 
Um, 2,000 cars. 1.2 million is the goal. Yeah. uh, Currently that's halfway there. Good man. That's going to, that's going to help everybody's numbers across the well. Let's face it. Giga Shanghai is the, is the largest producer for Tesla. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question uh, mm-hmm. based on uh, the actual cars they pumped out. And of course, what we saw last June after the shutdown, they spooled up so quickly to uh, catch up on the uh, this uh, Q2 loss uh, that uh, they uh, they jumped out way out in front uh, with the amount. And then we started to see that in some stories last week with the you know over 10,000 vehicles sitting at the uh, the port in Shanghai ready to export. So uh, mm-hmm. not a surprise. Several container ships worth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So very good. Now, we did have uh, the story kind of at the beginning. It kind of matches in with the beginning. Patrick's got a story about Redwood and, of course, um, their connection with uh, Tesla. That's right. So this comes to us from Tesla Roddy. Redwood materials, battery materials, facility in nevada is a 3.5 billion dollar disruptor so uh we all know this is founded by jb straubel he was the cto at tesla and he left to go follow this up and um he's uh called it a, a um a gigafactory in reverse so uh instead of having uh raw materials come in and batteries go out old batteries come in and raw materials go out yeah. so uh th- this is what if it, um, we, we heard Musk on the last conference call say our path to a renewable future, the limiting factor is batteries. And the thing limiting batteries is uh, access to materials. So we are going to have uh, more and more things that are battery powered. And we don't want to just throw those materials into a landfill. Um, one, it's it's stupid. We have to <laughs> we, you've got the materials. It's not like gasoline where it's burned. It's still there. Um, the same amount of whatever it is, nickel, cobalt, um, iron, whatever materials are in there, the same stuff can be extracted from it and made into new batteries. So that's what Redwood uh, Materials is doing. And uh, is there anything particular in here that you wanted to call out, Mark or Casey? <clears throat> no, wasn't uh, anything particular. Just the it's the disruptor uh, title, which was uh, yes. kind of caught my eye that. Um, a lot of people don't realize that this is even going on. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't, they don't understand. Like, I don't know how many people that we meet every you know, a casual um, meet up with uh, somebody that doesn't own an EV and in their head is first of all, you know, an EV has to replace its batteries every four years or three years right. or something. Because and then the second part of it is, you. well, right. you know, you're shipping it all to the dump. That can't be good for the environment. And it's like, I think they're alkaline batteries now. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yes. that's the next thing. It's uh, it's like that Saturday Night Live skit where the car ran on uh, Duracell double A's, but uh, <laughs> this is this is not the case. Uh, as and yeah, it's interesting that JB I, I... left Tesla in order to explore this uh, end of life cycle uh, recycling, uh, you know, to the maximum. I got to believe that this was. This was a plan that was probably hatched long before JB left uh, because they knew that at the end of life cycle of these batteries, whether that be 15 or 20 years down the road, 
those batteries uh, at some point are going to be their end of cycle, but there's so much raw material in each of those battery cans that can be used again. And of course, it's it's cheaper to recycle from these purified forms that are in these cars than it is to mine. So right. if you've got millions of cars over time that start to be recycled every 20 years, you know, imagine that a million packs of refined materials ready for you to mine from and create your new batteries from. So it, it, it makes complete sense that these batteries are never going to see a landfill. They are all going to go to a place like Redwood or other recyclers that mm -hmm. are going to systematically take them apart, as we mentioned in the Sandy Monroe video, and grind them up and get them into their separate bins uh, so they can be resold again and put into brand new batteries. So this is this is the disruption that people really don't see that that is not only coming, but I would argue is already here. It's, it's just that the volume hasn't actually started to slip into place. These are companies that are ramping up and getting ready to handle that volume, which will take a few years to get to them. But uh, this is this is fantastic news. Yeah, it's definitely already here. Uh, I, I spoke with uh, on Sunday. I spoke to. Um, I pointed out all the partnerships that I could find in a quick uh, search, real quick. So uh, right off the top, uh, Redwood has partnered with Toyota and Panasonic, and um, Panasonic in Giga Nevada, as well as uh, they just recently signed a deal with Volkswagen. So uh, they've got everybody involved right there with all the like from Panasonic and and Tesla right there is the the bulk of what's out there right now. And then yeah, uh, when you look into it, like pretty much everybody is partnering with Redwood. So it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. And once they're getting these raw materials, uh, what's to stop them from moving up the supply chain? And uh, it looks like they, they might even be uh, making some of their own anodes and other things. Yeah. I mean, because uh, we know how much all the other manufacturers like to like to have a, a turnkey solution to just dump in their thing. So there you go. Dump this in your battery, dump your battery in the car. Ready to go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, this is this is great news, and and it's not just Redwood. There are a number of other recyclers out there as well. Uh, Lifecycle is the one that I'm aware yeah. of out of Canada, but uh, there's a number of them that are starting up, and and they're going to be they're going to be paying top dollar for these used battery packs uh, so that they can grind them up, uh, separate them, and sell them back uh, to the different EV manufacturers. So, you know, that's that's something uh, great. These, this stuff will never see a landfill. It's just going to be used over and over again. And that's uh, that's some of the benefit of this forward thinking of the complete life cycle of the equipment, you know, from uh, built to grave to built again. So uh, fantastic news. Uh, it makes the lead battery. See... I, I want to make the lead battery cycle look like look like a child's toy because uh, that <laughs> one is, is 97.5%. Uh, mm -hmm. Recycle all the new, new lead batteries are made from old lead batteries. They don't they don't really do new lead mining for for car batteries or whatever other applications. Yeah, because so so many of them come back for the recycling, right? Because because they're right. worth money. Like that's what yes. it boils yeah. down to. If if, exactly. the, if the thing is worth nothing or costs you money, then yeah, I could see them going to landfills. But when it's actually you know you get a, a refund on that uh, unit, then who's given up the money uh, for the refund? Like nobody. Like that's, right. if you, that's, if you how they, that's how they encouraged 
a lot of uh, recycling when it comes to bottles or cans or whatever mm -hmm. else. It's deposit. It's it's yeah. it's putting a deposit on it and saying, well, once you once the can is empty, give it back to us and we'll give you a quarter or whatever it is. So it yeah. just makes a lot of sense. If you own a shop and you get uh, $500 for a pallet of, of used car batteries, of starter batteries, are you going to throw them in the landfill? Are you going to stack no, them up and wrap you're, them up? You're going to put a sign on the front of the shop that says, drop off your batteries here. Like, yeah, right. That's, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. So, next, now, now do it times uh, 10,000. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, next, uh, Tesla's moved into another country, another brand new country as it expands the supercharger network. And that country is Turkey. So uh, the first supercharger in Turkey has been uh, placed. And of course, we always want to uh, thank uh, supercharger.info that has this great information about the uh, entire superchargers across the face of the earth. I don't know how they keep up on it, but uh, it is fantastic to see that another country uh, has now uh, been added to the supercharger network. And you can see kind of the progression. If you take a look at Europe, you can see the, the fanning out of superchargers uh, heading uh, further and further east uh, as it uh, comes into these new countries. So that's that's fantastic. And yes, hockey day, I thought turkeys could fly as well. That's a WKRP <laughs> in Cincinnati call out showing your and my age. That's what that's doing. But uh, absolutely. Uh, next story is about Starlink, and this is another disruption story. Starlink has gone to the FCC asking for permission now to uh, be able to connect to some cell phones, mobile. Uh, it's I don't understand it completely, but from, from what I get from the article, which, of course, all our articles are linked uh, below, uh, you can go in and read them at your leisure, but I believe what's going on here is Starlink is asking some permission to be able to transmit directly to a cell phone that would allow it to pick up some internet abilities. So not sure if this is telephone call stuff, but it, it's, it's definitely internet. But what I wanted to point out is Starlink and SpaceX are not really telling us the whole story. What's going on here is it's a disruption in disguise. There is something going on in the background where, and we've speculated on this some time ago, that uh, I think Starlink could be setting up almost a telecommunications company of their own. Like, yes, they do provide internet to remote areas, now to ships and planes and trains that are traveling, to RV owners, to uh, rural areas. Yes, all that is happening. But we hear about the new uh, Starlink version 2 satellites that can only be launched uh, by the uh, Starship because of their new larger size. We hear about what are these larger satellites going to be able to do? You know, are they just being able to pick up more capacity from the ground or the ground stations? They're now uh, beaming back and forth directly, so less ground stations are required in certain areas. But man, is this is this progressing into a into a full telecommunications company? Is there going to be um, a Starlink phone? Is there going to be a Starlink competitor to say AT and T and Verizon? Is that what this ultimately is heading towards? Because 
they're building a large network. And, and, and then the other part of the story is they're going to be asking for FCC approval in the future to launch even more satellites above the thousands that they have approval to do now. So uh, this is, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on and they're not telling us much. They're just kind of leaking little things out here and there. And, and I would assert that maybe Dish Network, while they're, you know, up in arms and saying we want to use some bandwidth or we want to we want to overlap on what some of Tesla, I think they may be thinking that uh, we better get involved with this quickly because they could eat our lunch uh, because we see this as a disruptive uh, project and we see it's going it's eating into our profits already. It's going to get worse if they start opening up other aspects of this telephone service uh besides the internet uh, are they going to be a full-fledged telco it's uh there's a lot of questions here that uh, really they're, they're mums the word on this they're really keeping quiet uh about what they want to release i do like uh i'm gonna read this quote from the uh, application uh the system will ensure that all americans even those in polar regions enjoy the same low latency mobile services and consumers are not the only beneficiaries of this improved service for many federal users, satellite service is the only communications option to support critical missions. Improving capacity and latency for these users could have significant national security benefits. Uh, all of these services are in the public interest. Uh, emphasis mine. Yeah. Where are they going you, with this? <laughs> yeah. If you've ever used a satellite phone when they're on a geostationary satellite, the latency is annoying. Uh, you end up talking over each other, you stutter stop, they've already finished, but you don't think they are because you're only hearing it now. It's 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 very awkward, but, but that's not going to be a problem with the uh, Starlink stuff because those are not geosynchronous way out there. They're low earth orbit, low latency. And uh, yeah, you're right, Mark. than the cell tower. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, so we were just talking about how Tesla probably pays a giant bill to AT&T and, and other telcos around the world. So uh, if they could get rid of that and pay SpaceX instead, uh, that's probably that's a whole lot better for uh, Musk Co. in general. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they've already got superchargers if they're if they start putting dishes at, at every one of those, and then providing Wi-Fi service initially to the cars that pull up. Um, now they've gotten rid of 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 that uh, bandwidth that would have been used. Then, like you said, maybe they go to 4G, 5G after that. And uh, so now when they're, you're anywhere even within a couple miles of supercharger, you're using their bandwidth instead of the, the telco provider. This, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, the, the, you do it incrementally and just keep taking little steps like that. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole network that's disrupted everything. I would love to see the master plan of this. Like they're, they're just releasing these little bits, but you know the way that Musk thinks that there is a master plan. And like you said, may, maybe it's eliminating their, their cell, you know, their, their cell uh, bill completely. Uh, maybe that's right. And that's it. only step three and 20, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. exactly. So, so, so my supercharger by my house, the one in South Carolina, uh, it sprouted a pole and a Starlink dish the other day. Nice. And uh, the only reason that we found it was one of the guys there, because uh, obviously I'm not in South Carolina at the moment. Uh, one of the guys there put his car in park at the supercharger and uh, he said it, connected to tesla he's like what do you mean tesla tesla service and then he's like all right so let me look around look up he's, he found the, the pole in the dish and uh so that that also went to uh, remember we were speculating how does this work it literally broadcasts a tesla service uh ap so uh 
his car was then switched from using AT and T to to play to play his Netflix to using Starlink to play his Netflix. And uh, right. Hockey Day, Day mentioned, uh, uh, well, not the Ukraine, thank you, but that, that's also important, but uh, Russia and China will target Starlink with their lasers. They already have. Uh, remember, Elon made the comment about how uh, they got their free uh, uh, um, countermeasures test back at the beginning right. of this uh, conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Hockey Day has the show title for us. It's <laughs> uh, Dr. Evil Space Lasers. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and uh, Derek uh, has got in with uh, Will the Big Boy Fit Inside the Starship? Then, uh, of course, is uh, Austin Powers <laughs> mentioned. So that was good as well. The spaceship, yes. Yes, indeed. Well, with that, uh, I want to ask uh, everyone if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up at this point. And uh, if you haven't, uh, please press that subscribe button. Helps so supports the show and doesn't cost you a dime. Through the week, if you want to keep up with us, uh, subscribe to our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life, as well as our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life Numeral One. And uh, with that, you can keep up on the updates as we send them throughout the week. And uh, we would really appreciate that as well. That said, Mr. Green, what have you got for us this week for parting words? Well, uh, if you like this format, I've got something similar on Sundays with uh, a little bit different uh, of a subject matter. We do touch Tesla, but uh, more EVs, green living, uh, a lot more uh, back and forth. So if you want to check that out, go to uh, youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. That's uh, Sundays at 110 Eastern. And uh, eventually, whenever my daughter cooperates, I actually put out uh, <laughs> pre-recorded videos on uh, my life in Tesla, basically. So uh, uh, tips and hints, like I talked about how to get the, the free premium internet connectivity. Uh, that's in the channel. So uh, check it out. Very cool. good. Will do. And Patrick, what do you got for us this evening as we close out? As always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. And I blog occasionally at carswithboards.net, where I talk about, what? A future free from fossil fuels. He got it and in. our path to get there. Yeah, in fact, um, Senator Merkley today just tweeted something about, we need to electrify everything and uh, power it with renewable energy. And I'm like, let's say, let's buy all the things. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those, uh, those, those are our, if we ever have a t shirt store, we're going to have these in there the F bomb, yes. the electrifying <laughs> thing. <F-bomb. laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, as mentioned, we've been having heat here, like a lot of places around uh, the world. And uh, yesterday was particularly interesting because um, with. Uh, the, the power cost here goes up at 6 a.m. So I was running off the grid until 6 a.m. Then at 6 a.m. I started running off the battery. Then by 7, the sun was up, and that was able to power the house, so the battery took a, took a rest. Then by 8, uh, I'm getting some surplus. I'm able to start filling the battery. By, by noon, probably before that, the battery's full, and now we're supplying to the grid. Uh, and then the sun starts setting, and we've got the AC cranked up because it was hot. Uh, now the solar can't keep up, so it starts discharging the battery. The battery uh, and the sun, as the sun set by 8, we were able to, to, to not use any grid power until 10 p.m., which, which covered all of mid-peak and um, peak. So I, I, in the hottest day of the year, I did not use the grid at all except at off-peak hours. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Or, or to help the grid. 
yeah, right. exactly. I was able to feed some solar into the grid when it needed it most. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, all these folks who were saying, oh, I just, I, I just saw this thing where uh, some senator was giving Pete Buttigieg uh, yeah. a hard time saying that if everybody switched to EVs, the grid would collapse. And he's like, well, that's why we have uh, we want to improve the infrastructure. And everybody's not going to switch overnight. The, the grid will improve as as it's as needed. And um, who's more likely to? So you can't compare an EV to like an air conditioner. You have to run the air conditioner when it's hot. Your EV, you have some flexibility about when you charge it, and you're going to charge it when it's cheapest, unless mm-hmm. you're just made out of money and don't care, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, and and uh, if a few people are like that, whatever. Okay, they can pay extra, and they can pay the utility more so they can pay for upgrades for stuff. Uh, so uh, I don't know. It was just a ridiculous argument. And I'm definitely going to blog about that day and you will there see you it soon at carswithcores.net. Thank you. Not, not to mention that, that, not to mention <laughs> that every gas car for every gallon of gas you make for a fossil uh, uses the same amount of electricity as an EV uses anyway. But yes. you gotta... <laughs> I wish, I wish uh, Buttigieg would have said that, but I think that would be lost on most people. They'd be like, what? Oh, yeah. It's gasoline. It's not electricity. But that gasoline has to be refined, and that happens at a refinery. And if you look at, say, California, and you see who their biggest consumers of electricity are, <laughs> refineries are up there at the top of that list. So mm-hmm. every mile that you drive uses about the same electricity, whether it's a gas car or an electric car. So, uh, yeah, but that that's just that's not a straightforward answer. <laughs> but uh, it's it's if you're an EV advocate, you should know that fact. You should be able to say to someone who says, oh, you're just using electricity from a coal plant. Uh, and you can say I'm using exactly the same amount you are. That's right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> and mine was probably solar. And, and to learn, right. And exactly. to learn more of those facts, I would ask that you out there uh, look up National Drive Electric Week, which yes. is coming up. Uh, at the last uh, week of September and first week of October. And uh, look for uh, a, a particular your area uh, on the map and uh, attend one of these. Uh, sign up on the forum that's provided. It's free, it's fun, and you get to learn these facts from people that actually drive the EVs in your area. So if you've got questions, you're, you want to learn more, that's a great place to start. And National Drive Electric Week is a fantastic resource that everyone can use. Uh, we're actually throwing a, um, a meetup ourselves on October 1st, and I'm sure the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association is going to be doing one as well. And I'm sure there's one in Casey's neck of the woods as well. So About five. <laughs> <laughs> there you awesome. go. There you go. Yeah. So with that, we will say goodnight. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week, and together we will find out what is happening in the Tesla life. Thank you, Lee Moon. Stay positive. Have a great Test weekend, negative. everyone.